Well, friends, who here is running out of good entertainment? You've watched everything on your Netflix to watch list. You've reread books on your bookshelf. The other day, my 11-year-old was perusing our bookshelf. Our bookshelf that consists primarily of international novels and Bible commentaries, and she found something she wanted to read on it. Whew, I've not sunk to Tiger King levels yet. No judgment. Of course, this is a safe spot. My husband thinks some of the things I watch are on kind of similar levels. I beg to differ. He can't judge my TV shows until he's watched them either. About this time last year, I was watching a new baking show. My husband says to me, why are you watching a baking show? You don't even like baking that much. I said, shh, go away. I love their British accents. Fast forward a couple of months, and we had long conversations about who would win the great British baking show, and the man's grabbing a, a loaf of store-bought bread out of the pantry and poking it and saying, hmm, I think it needed to proof for longer. Who says TV can't be educational? We're big fans of the great British baking show. Uh, I'm very sad there's not a new season of that right now. The other day, I actually said, and I meant it, I, I, just, I think this was hallucinations and, and, and delirium, I said, I wanted to get chickens and build a chicken coop. And I really meant it. I mean, we go through like three dozen eggs within a week. We're a family of four. I have a petite six-year-old, not a bodybuilder in sight in our household. And it's just, you know, I thought the cute little chicks and it's a project, you know, build purpose in my own two hands. I have not used a hammer in any substantive way. I mean, maybe ever. It's it's getting to that, that point, friend, of dreaming of building a chicken coop. It's, whew, if the government wants to support stay at home, I think the White House needs to, to make a phone call to Hulu, to, uh, Hulu or, or Hollywood and, and tell them that anything they're saving for a later release time now, now would be a good time. We need some good stories. And today we're going to dig into one of the stories that Jesus told. My message is not long. If we were here in person, the end point would be the midpoint. But I think it's super pertinent for what we're going through today. So settle in, get comfy. It's not long. We're going to engage and give our attention to Jesus as we turn to scripture this morning. These stories that Jesus told are called parables. And they describe the activity of God in the world. I think you'll find them pretty powerful. There's a sense that they're explaining some deep things in our lives. Jesus is telling stories about our world, and it's the author of our world. He speaks with authority and with clarity and kindness. So let's hear one of these stories. This is from Mark chapter 4. Jesus' disciple Mark wrote the Gospel of Mark, telling about his experiences with Jesus. Uh, chapter 4, Mark's telling about how Jesus began to teach by a lake, a crowd gathered, and he taught them many things by stories, by parables. We're going to be in verse 26 through 32. Jesus also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he cuts it down because the harvest has come. Again, Jesus said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? 
What parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when it is planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. This story is about the kingdom of God. It's not so much about God. You know, God isn't you planting his seeds and then falling asleep and not knowing how the seeds grow. You know, God's not ignorant of what's happening on his farm. But Jesus, he isn't picky about his stories. He's not trying to defend God or God sleeping or, or knowing everything about it. The farmer clearly isn't a one-to-one -one analogy about God. The point of this story is this grain, is this seed. That's, that's what the story re revolves around. And the main point here is that the grain ripens despite cloudy days. Too much rain some days, too, too little rain other days. The seed grows and grows and then it's harvested. Now, I'm not a gardener and I should really never consider getting chickens. I am a purchaser of plastic plants. I like to say a fake flower is forever. Here we've got a lot of plants that Sue or our administrator Mary Ellen takes care of and now they remind me to take care of. You know, I give them a little water, they, they'll water them, it gets some sunlight over here and it's growing quite nicely because that's what this plant was made to do. Give it a little care and it's made to grow. Likewise, the kingdom of God is made to grow. We cannot control or, or predict what happens to this Jesus movement, but we are told that it will grow. That God has started a good work and it's going to grow and continue. It's going to grow and continue in our hearts and our lives through acts of love and service, little and big, in our hearts and our homes and our communities. What God has started will continue and grow. And then Jesus talks about the little, little tiny uh, mustard seed. You know, a mustard seed is so small. If we saw a picture of it, it would fit really just into the center of my fingerprint. And then it grows to be a plant. They were all over where I lived in China and across the, the Middle East, you know, about waist high, big yellow flowers. This one will be particularly big. Birds will, will perch in its branches. But the kingdom of God will be big. The kingdom of God will be way bigger than what anyone expected, totally out of whack, totally out of proportion with how tiny, how small the beginnings were. You know, such a small beginning, such a huge conclusion, totally unexpected. Totally unexpected. You just acted on your good idea. He just gave 50 bucks. She just went out of her way and was intentional about affirming and encouraging someone. I just... I stepped out in faith. We just listened to the whisper of the spirit of love and the, the conclusion, the output, blows us away. The kingdom of God will be big. We see here it will be generous. The birds, the animals come take refuge in this plant that's unexpectedly large. The kingdom of God springs up in small acts of love and becomes a big movement of compassion and care for those around it. The God movement is growing. And elsewhere in the Bible, it really emphasizes what this God movement, this Jesus movement is made up of. It's made up of faith, hope, and love. It all starts in love. 
all things have their beginning in love. In love, God created the world. In love, Jesus came. In love, he died and was raised again. In love, the farmer scatters the seeds, knowing it's good stuff. I want to have all my beginnings in love. The next sentence is, I speak. I want them to have their beginnings in love. This morning, I want to have my beginning in love. Love begins all things. Love births us in the spiritual life. And then faith powers us. Faith doesn't believe what's already lying out there, obvious for, for all to see already. Faith believes in more. Faith believes in what we cannot see, what we may never be able to prove. And that's why faith points us higher. Faith expects more. Faith leads us into greater things. And hope energizes us. Hope creates a passion for the possible. Hope means that our, our beliefs, our, our faith, are not a dictum that we impose on the world, but promises that we live into. Our faith is not a transcript of the past or a recipe of the current. Our faith does not wall us in. It flings open the gates for new possibilities. Our faith is, is not something that we nail down reality to, saying we believe this and this and that. Our faith is something that shows reality what is possible. Hope is a passion for the possible because of what Jesus has done for us. Jesus said the kingdom of God is here. God's rule and his reign is, is right now. God's rule and reign is here in our hearts and our homes, this place, this time. You know, some of us are, are asleep on it and don't realize that the Jesus movement is growing, it's growing, it's growing, and it's going to, to produce fruit and be harvested. Some of us don't realize it's happening right here and right now in our lives personally, in the lives of this church, friends. We just had an awesome Easter, one of our biggest Easter services. We had hundreds of people come through the, the drive through We had hundreds watching online. What do all those numbers mean? They mean that God is moving. Growth in the Jesus movement is promised to us. Comfort, sameness, a comfortable middle-class lifestyle? Mm, look around you, not so much. But growth is promised to us in the kingdom of God. That pure gold work of God's grace in our hearts, in our communities, that is promised to us. That is something that we can take to the bank. And friends, if we lean into God's work, his growth of love, faith, and hope in us, in our communities, we won't be disappointed. Let's take this outside and see what it looks like. Many of you did come out for our drive-through Easter experience and uh, Bernadette and Kevin McDonald had the station about the crucifixion and they dug into the crucifixion uh, through the lens of a verse where Jesus teaches his followers and he says, unless a, a seed, a grain dies, it remains just a seed, it's just lying out, but if it falls into the ground and dies, it sprouts forth, it grows new, new life, it resurrects and produces much fruit. And I love thinking about the resurrection and, and Jesus' death through that, that lens. That Jesus died for us and rose again to bring us into new life. That he is that seed and he produces much growth in us, in our hearts, in our communities. His death and resurrection is what started this 
kingdom of God, this Jesus movement. You know, the, the kingdom of God, kingdom of God, it's a, you know, it's hard to understand because Jesus, you know, he's a funny kind of king. He came to die. He, he ruled not in a suit, but in, in sandals. He didn't have a, armies or, or much power. He had acts of service and love. He's, he's a different kind of king, and it's a different kind of kingdom. One author, J.R.R. Tolkien, wrote that the hands of the king are healing hands, and thus shall the rightful king be known. The hands of the king are healing hands, and thus shall the rightful king be known. Under the kingship of Jesus, everything in our life starts to heal. We are living in a time of a pandemic, something I think many of us kind of thought we were beyond. Pandemics are a normal part of human history, and we're blessed in many ways to be living with modern medicine and epidemiology, but we have not outscienced biology that we are a collection of cells. We are a biological organism that succumbs to a virus. We are vulnerable. That's the truth. We are weak, but there's so much more to it than that. There is meaning. There is faith, hope, love, and redemption because Jesus enters into our weakness with us. The hands of the king are healing hands, and thus shall the rightful king be known. Most of you saw this in our installation. This is Jesus' tomb. And I believe that this time can be a tomb or it can be Jesus' tomb. It can be our tomb as families, as a society, or it can be Jesus' tomb. It can be a, a dark time or it can be a dark time from which we resurrect. Friends, you know, this can be a time where we meet Jesus in new ways. It can be a time where we are resurrected as families with, with better family relationship, more love for those who've been quarantined, where we can be resurrected with the fruits of, of solitude, that inner strength, that peace, and that calm, where we can be resurrected as a society, where essential workers are, are given dignity and respect, and maybe even more than minimum wage for providing food for our communities. Where, where we move towards a more just and equitable society, where we're all protected a little bit better, where we value and care for each other. A society of racial equality, where whole groups in our community racially are not left more vulnerable because of serving in certain careers and fields of service. Friends, this can be Jesus' tomb. And that's my prayer that we would follow the path of Jesus and be resurrected. This is not our tomb, our government's, that this is Jesus's tomb. You know, I was uh, reading some uh, Christians that I follow online, and one of them said, in this time with Jesus, we're not quarantined, we're incubated. And it just struck me as just so true. You know, yesterday my youngest my oldest daughter actually she was uh, just lying on the floor like boredom had finally done her and she was finished yesterday evening around the dinner table we did a little check-in talking you know how are we doing and she just really noticed so perceptively what was actually bothering her um, and shared so well we were able to really understand and and commiserate together well it's just a really nice beautiful moment you know I see it in, in myself. 
you know, a greater desire for God, um, a deeper satisfaction actually with Jesus in some ways when there's that stripping down that it's, you know, what you've got is Jesus. You, you in your living room, you haven't got friends, you haven't got fun kids ministry. What you have is you and Jesus and God honors that. There's a amplification in a lot of our lives. Amplification uh, of some bad things, amplification of some good things. It's an intense time. And I just, I think it's so true uh, to not think of it as a quarantine, but as an incubation. That the Holy Spirit can do amazing work in us in this time. And my prayer is that Jesus, you would incubate us. Me personally, this church community, we are sealed. Our future is secure, won for us by God Almighty through the kindness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is our champion. Friends, God is so good to us. And he wants to bless you in this time. Friends, wherever you are, in your living room, watching on your TV or phone or tablet, you're in the presence of the living God. He's right there with you. He's right here with me right now. Uh, And he's the answer. You stand, you sit right now in the presence of the answer. So let's ask him for what we need you know, pray it with me in your spirit. Say, Jesus, work in my heart in this time. Jesus, would you break off everything that's been hindering me and holding me back? I pray, Jesus, that you would break off anxiety and replace it with trust. Jesus, would you give us the gift of faith and to stand firm in who you are, to stand with, with expectancy, since God, you are not done working. I'm not done waiting. We can stand strong in who you are. You waited three days to rise from the dead. You didn't just do it the next day. We will stand strong and wait with expectancy to rise with you. Produce faith, hope, and love in us in this time in real tangible ways that we can see the fruit that you're working in us, Jesus. That's my prayer for me, for us in this time. Friends, Jesus loves you completely, and he knows what he's doing. As we move into a time of worship, uh, we've got our friend Joshua Miller, friends with Stephen. Uh, They did a lot of life together in Ohio. Um, He's going to be joining us, um, streaming himself in in just a minute. Take this time to really enter into the reality and truth of what Jesus has done for you. Sing along. Let the words kind of get into your heart and into your mind. Sing along. Um, But also if you wanted to uh, maybe take, take a piece of paper, a pen, and write down, what is God doing in your life in this time? How is he changing you? How is he growing you in this time? That seed, that work of God is growing. We want to notice it, see what he's doing, and cooperate with God's work during our time. So what is God doing in you? How is he growing you? How is he changing you? Let's think about that. You can write it down. You can comment in the the comment section. Send a text, an email to us. Share it. Get get it out. Um, But ask Jesus, how are you changing and growing me in this time? 